0: Hello everybody and welcome back to EpiCentral. I'm your host Maddie Lewis, infectious disease epidemiologist. And in today's episode, we're going to talk all about job options, where you can work, how you can find these jobs, salaries, and more. Before we get into the episode, I just want to catch you guys up on my life. So life has been good as usual, nothing crazy. Um, I feel like the turn of each season to me is like I restart all of my goals and ideas of what I want my life to look like going forward. So for me, the fall this year, I really want to slow down a little bit because I feel like the summer was like a ton of traveling and going to all these different places and doing all these things with friends. And now I'm just ready to kind of like stay in more And work on this podcast, do more on TikTok, um, and work on my hobbies and stuff like that. And I've been definitely doing more of that, which has been fun. One of the things that I want to take up is actually dance. Um, I've never, like, particularly wanted to be a dancer. Um, I always thought dancing around with my friends and stuff was fun. But I really want to take dance classes, like, at a studio just as like a new hobby. I really like my hobbies to be active. Not all of them are, but a lot of them, a lot of them are though. Like I started um, playing soccer with friends a year or two ago and started hiking. And, and then like, I started, you know, working out more at like the gym and going on runs and stuff. And all of that is just like life changing for the better, if we're being honest. And to be honest, again, like, I probably don't have the most time to be taking up another hobby, especially one that's physical, because, like, when you're, when you do, like, multiple physical activities in a week, like, it kind of gets to a point where you're maxing out. And I'm definitely not maxing out, but you do kind of have to go slowly to, to increase your activity level. You do have to go slowly, or you'll either injure yourself or you'll just, like, not have enough energy. And I'm reaching the point where... I am not going to have enough energy to take up too many more activities. Um, But also the thing with this is like, if I take dance classes once a week, if I don't go every week, it's fine because I'd be paying per class, not for like a season. And then also some of those hobbies, like hiking is like really inconsistent, depending on like my mood and when I want to go and when my friends want to go, because I usually go with friends and then soccer is somewhat consistent, but kind of inconsistent sometimes. So like I could squeeze this in. And also my thought process with starting dance in the winter is that, well, I know it's the fall, but like we're gonna go into the winter soon. It's gonna be November next week. And my thought process is like, that's a good indoor activity because I would hate to like be cooped up inside on a really nice, like, I don't know, Wednesday afternoon per se, Um, or like Wednesday evening, if it's like going to be really nice outside in the summer. But in the winter, when it's dark at like 6pm, I can think of no better activities to be doing besides learning how to do fun little dances. By the way, I want to take a ballet first, uh, which is kind of boring. And I anticipate, I, I think I'll like it. But if I don't, I will probably switch to like a modern dance class or something like that. I also want, really want to try out hip-hop. I've always wanted to try hip-hop, so maybe I'll do that eventually, but I have my whole life, so I'm in no rush. Another thing that I want to talk about, and I feel obligated saying this, because I feel like when you start running, you just like want to let everybody know you're a runner. Kind of like when you go vegan, you like want to tell everybody, or when you get a boyfriend, you want to tell everybody. You know, it's all the same thing. So I ran my first 5K this past weekend and it was pretty fun it was free i literally signed up at the 5k like 15 minutes before it started um i went with it was gonna be several co-workers like my team at work basically but um they all bailed except my supervisor <laughs> so it was just me and my supervisor and she's like a, a way better runner like she actually like goes on runs a lot longer and more frequently and I've been running for, like, a year and a half now, um, about once a week pretty consistently, although I've had to take, obviously, weeks off weeks off for, like, traveling and when I got COVID and stuff like that. Um, and when it's too hot, I try to run on the treadmill, and when it's too cold, I try to run indoors as well. Um, so I try to be really consistent, and over the year and a half, I've been able to run, get up to three miles, you guys, so I'm not actually a good runner at all, and my pace is so slow, like, I don't think people understand, like, I run at, like, an 11 to 12 minute pace, which is quite slow, it's more of a jog, honestly, than a run, and yeah, it's so funny, because I watch these TikToks on, of runners on TikTok, I love watching, like, people running like half marathons and stuff and it's so funny because they'll be like oh I'm going slow today and they're at like a 10 minute pace and I'm like a 10 minute pace is like me hauling it okay I am like sprinting for a 10 minute pace but yeah I think it's interesting how we're all so different like I haven't been able to develop my long distance running skills um because when I was younger I always played soccer and I feel like that's definitely more of like a like, a high-intensity, like, sprint, like, it's a lot of, like, sprinting and then jogging and then sprinting and jogging versus, like, a slow and steady, like, uh, five-mile run or something, so your muscles, like, you can develop, like, more, like, slow twitch and, like, fast twitch muscles, and, like, I haven't had the opportunity to, to develop, like, the slow twitch ones, I'm pretty sure, so I'm working on kind of developing both because I still play soccer so I still get those sprints in and that like high intensity cardio but yeah anyway let's get into the episode okay I believe somebody requested me to talk about this over Instagram or they asked me a question about it and it kind of prompted me to want to talk more about it Um, And that is job options for people in public health, specifically people concentrating in epidemiology. So first, I'm going to talk about where I think people should be looking for jobs. And then also, I want to talk about like job titles and job options and then salaries. Okay, let's start broad with like the the broad kind of places you should be looking for jobs as a new epidemiologist. So one option is to look at your local hospitals. They might be hiring for infection preventionists or other type of jobs. They might have research positions or epidemiologist positions. Um, So definitely connect with local hospitals. Another option is local nonprofits um, or just national nonprofits Also, when you are like connecting with these places, if you have a contact person, like a hiring manager or something, and there's not necessarily a specific job posting that you're inquiring about, you're just inquiring about like, oh, do you hire people who do this? Like don't say epidemiologists like exclusively if you're willing to kind of do duties outside of like a traditional epidemiologist job. So if you're willing to do data analyst jobs, but you say, I'm only looking for epidemiologist jobs, people in the hospital setting or in a nonprofit setting might not understand that epidemiologists are data analysts um, in many ways. So they might not understand what you mean or what you're looking for. So make sure to kind of have a list of ideas of things that you would want to do. So like, I have data analyst skills, I have data Like I know how to code on these programs. Also be careful with nonprofits because some of them just don't pay well. I don't wanna discourage anybody from working in the nonprofit space, but like some of them literally exploit their employees by underpaying them and then guilting them because it's like quote for a good cause, but it's just like wrong that they are underpaying them. And then some national nonprofits, they will underpay their bottom line employees But they will pay like the CEO is making like $500,000 a year, which honestly, I think is kind of unacceptable, especially for the nonprofits where if you look on Charity Navigator, which is a website that ranks charities, and you can see like how much of each donated dollar goes to actual programming. So if you go on Charity Navigator, like it'll say like for every dollar donated only like 60 cents goes to programs the rest of it goes to these other areas and yeah so personally I don't like to even donate to charities that like if my dollar is if 90% of my dollar isn't going to programming then I usually don't donate anywho so those are just things to consider but also a job is a job and if you're if you're like desperate or something then go for it um Okay, another option is your city or county health departments. This is the very classic epidemiologist track that a lot of people do, especially in applied epidemiology. That is like the classic thing to do. That's where you're going to see a job that says epidemiologist, like it'll just that is the most likely job will where you will actually see the word epidemiologist as the job posting a lot of these other Places might not have epidemiologist as the job like title, but uh, you can still consider yourself an epi if you're doing, if you're practicing epidemiology. So practicing data analysis, practicing um, scientific public health, you know, because epidemiologist isn't like a regulated term like nurse or doctor or physician, like those, you can't call yourself those things, um, without getting into major legal trouble. Um, like you can't claim to be one of those unless you're like licensed and like passed your boards and like have a degree and stuff. Epidemiologist is different. There's no like standards. Um, so anybody can call themselves one, although like obviously you shouldn't, (laughs) unless you are one, but if you got your degree if you got your concentration in epi you can definitely call yourself one and if you are practicing epidemiology i think you can definitely consider yourself one anywho health departments are an amazing place to start working i cannot recommend them enough i would love to work at a health department the only reason i don't is because that My state health department and the local ones around don't pay enough. They pay about 39 dollars to $45,000 a year for a master's degree, which is absolutely unacceptable. Um, but, I mean, it's nobody at the health department's fault. It's really, like, the state and, um, like, the governor and the way that this money is allocated. Actually, maybe there is somebody at the health department whose fault it is. I don't know, but it, definitely not the epidemiologist I worked with. They all wish they had bigger salaries. But yeah, I, I mean, I do the work that I do is very, very similar to health department work. It's pretty much the same. I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, can't recommend it enough. Another option is community health centers. So these could be like community. These are these could be like clinics or they could be like a place where you get like health information and resources. Health community centers can mean a lot of things in the U.S., Or community health centers is probably a better name. Um, And they can definitely hire people who work in public health. Although they probably aren't hiring people with more of a scientific focus, they're probably more hiring people that are good with like talking to the community, health educators, um, you know, health managers, public health um, management kind of stuff. Another option is universities, especially. Research-heavy universities are a great place to look. They might be conducting um, research that would require epidemiologists or data analysts, public health analysts. There's all sorts of names for these positions. We can get into that later. But yeah, universities um, definitely are a good option. Also, there, I I think universities are great place to network. So I don't work at a university, but technically a lot of people that I work with are employed under a university. It's literally so confusing to explain, like, don't don't question it. Um, so, and I just think it's a great place to network because, like, you might be networking with people that actually, like, work at the school or specifically the school of medicine and they might be, like, PhDs and stuff. So, also, universities are a great option if you want to get some kind of like PhD or DRPH or honestly any of uh, furthering education thing, then like that's a great place to work. So one of my best friends, she just got a job at a state university and she is going to be taking classes sometime soon to get her Uh, What's it called? It's like, I think it's called CHES. Hold on. Okay, I googled it. It's called CHES. So it's CHES Certified Health Education Specialist. Um, So she's going to um, get her requirements done for that. So she can be certified in health education. And then in a couple years, two years, um, she's going to apply for her DRPH, which is a doctor of public health. It's kind of like a, it's the doctorate within public health. So for epidemiologists typically, or I mean, public health professionals in general, typically you can get your DRPH or you can get your PhD. Um, DRPH is like more... Um, focused on applied epidemiology, so like health department work, and then PhD is more centered around research, more like university, become a professor, and then um, lead research. Uh, But I'll have a whole episode dedicated to that during season two at some point, I just kind of want to connect with somebody who's getting their DRPH so if anybody's listening please email me at epicentralcast at gmail.com if you have your DRPH and want to be on the podcast. Anywho uh, that's a great option for for all of those benefits and health departments also have really good benefits but y- y- all these places have different benefits for different reasons like health departments and state and uh, state and federal government tend to have good like match or they have um, public health or sorry, public service loan forgiveness. Maybe I'll make an episode on student loans. I don't know, but just Google PSLF if you don't know what that is. And yeah, some universities also have PSLF. A lot of places can qualify for PSLF. It just has to be a 501c3 or a um, government job. Okay, there is also state level department of agriculture or environment and this can be the same thing as a department of public health or a health department but sometimes they are separate and sometimes they are together it depends on the state it depends on the region um but there they'll probably be separated ones somewhere around where you live and oh also for all of these jobs like you can, they can be local to you, but you can also apply outside of your state or like jurisdiction um, if the job is fully remote and if they are okay with hiring someone outside of their jurisdiction. It just depends. Some places like really want to hire somebody within their city or state, um, even if it's all remote. But yeah, Department of Agriculture, they might need like data analysts or other jobs. Honestly, I'm not too sure, but one of my friends worked at one when we were in grad school and she really enjoyed it from what I remember. Another option is large scale nonprofits or NGOs. I always forget the difference between a nonprofit and an NGO. So like, I'm not even going to talk about that, but that's more like, like the ones I was talking about earlier, local nonprofits, that could be something more like, local to your region but then there's also large scale nonprofits and those are two kind of different things like for this i'm talking more like red cross um planned parenthood although planned parenthood is kind of local it kind of depends or like doctors without borders is another one um they actually hire epidemiologists last time i checked Okay, uh, research organizations, uh, kind of like IQVIA, um, clinical research organizations, they're also called CROs, Um, they hire tons of uh, public health analysts, um, epidemiologists, and then they kind of have their own names for a lot of jobs, Um, but they do hire a lot of public health professionals and EPIs for these positions. I'm not gonna go through all of them because i don't know them too well but i just googled some of them and one of them is called a clinical research coordinator clinical research like associate or something like that yeah clinical research associate um there's also like all these different management positions um data management yeah there's a lot at those places but honestly, I haven't met too many people that really love that work. Everybody I know, like, for the most part, will work there for a year or two and then move on. But maybe that's just the people I know. I do know one person who plans to stay in the CRO um, thing for like a while. He's not a public health professional, though. I know him from undergrad. And then my um, cousin is a She's been a nurse for like ever and she's worked in the CRO space for a really long time and she gets paid really well. So if you stay there for a while, you can get paid really really well because those are organizations they work with pharmaceutical companies like Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and those are like massive money making machines honestly. And so if you work in an organization that works with pharma or if you work for pharma then you have a lot more potential to make more money so just be aware of that definitely something to look into okay now let's switch to federal for a second cdc of course so i know a lot of people who work at cdc it's one of the big major employers in public health and also i feel like a lot of people who go into epi are really interested in working at CDC because it seems like the shiny, cool place to work. And it just sounds like really fancy and professional, kind of like the FBI, you know, I feel like it just sounds cool. Um, And I'm not going to say it's like not cool. It's just when you know a lot of people that work there or have worked there, the appeal is not the same because you start to understand the reality of it, which is just that it's a place to work. It's not like, this crazy cool, honestly, I know people that do way cooler stuff at the health department. Like, for example, I went to an infectious disease conference, and I saw somebody at the health department, one of the people I used to work with, actually, not closely work with, but worked with, she worked on the epi floor, and she um, investigated this outbreak where she went to this person's house and took pictures of all the products they had used in the last 30 days, and try to find the source of this bacterial infection that they got that killed them and um so it was kind of like house you know in house md that show how they'll go into people's houses and like try to figure out what caused their disease like that's literally what she did for this outbreak investigation of course you have to get full consent to do that and that's like the like they can they can say no to you going in and figuring it out and that's not the most common thing because for this it was like a really rare bacteria and they were like literally what causes like this is really obscure but uh yeah eventually they figured out it was one of the um fragrances room sprays you might know exactly what I'm talking about but it was like a room spray issue um that had this like bacteria in it it was really strange but I don't know anybody at CDC that does cool stuff like that. Okay, there are definitely people that do, but um, I think, I don't know, that's all I'll say, is people at health departments do cool stuff too. CDC does cool stuff. Um, I do know people who travel a lot through CDC, which I think is really cool. And I think if you want that opportunity, then CDC could be a good option. Um, I know people that are sent out every other month-ish or even more frequently than that to Africa or other regions. I also have a friend who works at I don't want to say his exact job, but he works at like a nonprofit that is sending him somewhere as well. So um, lots of global health opportunities, which I think is cool. Personally, I've done global health work before. It's cool, it's great, um, but it is exhausting. And I don't think I would want it to be my, like, a big part of my job. I think I would travel once or twice in a year and, and that would be enough for me. But, yeah, these people travel a lot. And not, that's just too much for me. Um, okay, and then another place to work. Um, oh, also, okay, for CDC, this is, this is kind of connecting two points. So with CDC, getting a job there, like, let's say you graduate with your MPH degree, and you want to go work at CDC, getting a job there, just like, I don't know, raw dogging it, is like kind of hard. You either need to have like a lot of connections there usually, or you need to establish connections there by getting a fellowship or becoming a contractor. Because again, just getting a full-time, they they call it FTE, full-time employment at CDC can be very difficult as a youngin. So um. Yeah, especially with little to no experience. So this next part I'm going to talk about is a a fellowship called O-Rise. So well, hold on, let me Google it. Okay, I wanted to make sure I got the name right. So it's Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education. Okay, I've never done O-Rise, but I have a lot of friends who've done it or are currently doing it. And it's a fellowship program that you can do. You can actually do it as a bachelor's student um, post-bachelors, uh, during your master's degree, or after your master's degree, or during or after your doctorate degree as well. So they have options for people of all education as long as you're like in college or past college. And um, yeah, you can get a lot of positions at CDC. And other places as well, there's o at other government organizations. Um so I'm on the website, I went to Health Surveillance and Protection, and yeah, they do epidemiologic research, health informatics, um, human subjects research, and you can go and look at their fellowships, um, and it's a great place to get your foot in the door into federal government work. There is also the PMF fellowship, let me Google this to make sure I get the name right again. So that's the Presidential Management Fellows Program. That is another fellowship um, to get your door into, like, good federal government work. This one is a lot more competitive than O-Rise, but just keep a lookout for it. Again, Presidential Management Fellows. That, I think, the the fellowship in this, like, looks really serious and really cool, so if you're, like, really serious about, like, really, like, doing a lot in public health, especially as, like, a uh, like a leader, I would definitely consider this. Like, if you want to be, like, Dr. Fauci or something, maybe do PMF. And then there is also Air Force or other military. They are an employer of um, public health professionals. Specifically in the Air Force, they have public health officer positions. Again, I've never done it, but I do know I have talked to somebody who's done it and he really liked it. He did it for a long time. Um, I thought it was funny, too, because like I'm not really what's the word patriotic, honestly, like I'm grateful to live in America. But, you know, this this place is kind of ratchet, if we're being honest, compared to other high income countries. I'm very grateful overall because compared to like most of the world, my life is absolutely incredible could not be more thankful but compared to the rest of the high-income countries this place is low-key ratchet okay um anyway so so uh and it's funny because when i talked to him he was like yeah i'm not patriotic either i just like work there as a job and i think i really like that like idea like we don't have to like identify with our jobs per se and not saying you should sign up for a job that's like exploitative or like really wrong or bad because i think that can really reflect your morals but um just because you're not like super boot or something that like you can still work for the military like it's fine and also not all those jobs are like active duty like you're not going to be like sent abroad just because you work for the military, like it depends, like learn more about it. Um, there's like different types, there's like the reserves and stuff. So, but I- I'm not the one to talk about it. Okay. Anyway. So there's also uh similar USPHS. PHS. So U S public health service, this is a place that I've wanted to work for for years. I would love to work for the U.S. Public Health Service. Please hire me if you're listening to me. <laughs> me saying that after being like, I'm not patriotic at all. Like, they're not going to hire me after hearing this, but I whatever. that um, PHS is a little bit more competitive as well. I would say it's definitely more competitive than the military. I feel like the military, if you just sign up, they'll hire you as long as you, like, pass all the like tests and stuff but usphs is a lot more competitive you pretty much have to have a doctorate level degree or some kind of like um health like you have to be like a nurse a doctor a pa like all, all those different types of things or um or pretty much have a phd or some kind of doctor i don't know if it has to be phd but yeah, PHS, I would definitely look into it because they have incredible benefits, which is one of the reasons why I've always wanted to work there. And um, I, I've i known people um who've worked there and yeah, just the benefits are so good. Like they have this pension program. I actually don't know if it's still going. I assume it is. But if you work there for 25 years, you get a pension that is half your salary of your like like, your highest salary during that 25 years. So let's say you ended, you worked there for 25 years. Let's say you were 25, okay? 25 years old. You worked there for 25 years. You retire out of USPHS because you hit your 25 years. Or maybe it's 20 years, whatever. And actually, it might be 20, I don't know. And then like your last salary while you were working there was let's say $80,000 a year. Makes sense, right? Maybe a hundred. Hopefully with inflation, it would be higher than that. um, In 25 years from now, then they will take half of that money. So let's say $40,000 and then they will pay that to you every year for the rest of your life. That's how that pension works. So is not that incredible. So you could literally pretty much retire almost fully if not fully after that 20 or 25 years in USPHS. Incredible. I would do that just to retire early. Oh my god, like, are you kidding me? I would do a lot of things to retire that early, as long as it's not like grueling work, which I heard it's not. I heard it's honestly like normal work. Anyway, okay, part two of the episode. Let's talk about What you should actually be searching for like actual job titles, because this is a very important part of the job search is, okay, for example, if you go on Indeed or LinkedIn and you look up epidemiologist positions, then you're going to get, I don't know, 400 results, let's say. But if you also look up jobs for public health analyst, public health um, professional, public health manager, public health officer, public health. I don't know, health and take out the public, just health office or health analyst or like whatever, Um, you're going to get a lot more results that way. And you might be still looking at all these jobs that you would be interested in. It's just they're called different things like the title epidemiologist, again, is kind of limited um, depending on the organization. So I already named several. So there are epidemiologists, there's also pharmacoepidemiologists. that's its own job title, and those are obviously Epis that work in pharma, and there is public health analyst, and then just health analyst, now I'm just googling jobs trying to find these job titles, here's one, public health program associate, um, public health advisor, oh there's also health scientist, public health informationist, nist? oh my god, I don't know how to say that, uh, let's see, data scientist, that's a very common one, data scientist, um, but of course you have to look at the position, you got to read the requirements, and specifically if they say MPH as like a requirement or a preference, then you know that's probably more in your domain, there are tons of data scientists that do stuff that is so irrelevant to public health that you might not be interested in it. So, of course, of course, you guys know you're smart. Um, Public health emergency associate, environmental health specialist. That's kind of its own thing. Environmental health specialist is a job title I see a lot specific to like agriculture or like the environmental health side of public health Uh, program officer. Subject matter expert, public health. Uh, there's monitoring and evaluation work. That's usually global health type work. Infection preventionalist. Um, should I get into that? I mean, I don't know. I'm not infection preventionist, but that's its own job too. Actually, I think I'm saying that wrong. I think it's infection preventionist not preventionalist. I'm pretty sure I say it wrong all the time. Health educator. That's outside of epi, but health scientist. I think I might have said that already. Public health scientist. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff, you guys. So what I do is I just look up public health jobs and then start writing down all of these ideas. And then when I see a job title that I haven't kind of seen before, kind of write it down and then look it up later and you might see jobs posted at other places with the same title. And then of course there's like project coordinators, um, clinical research coordinator, clinical research associate. um, All these fields have their own kind of set of um, job titles that they use. So like Clinical research has their own, universities kind of have their own, CDC definitely has their own. Also, this isn't part of the episode really, but here's some job board ideas. Of course, I'm not a career coach, so I only know a few, but the ones that I tend to use the most are Indeed and LinkedIn. I just think they have the best ones. Your school might have Handshake. You might be able to use it as a student or an alumni i think i can still use handshake it as an alumni i i need to look into that and then also Emory school of public health also has their own job board and you can just google like emory like school of public health and then like job board and then you'll find it um and those might just be in atlanta i'm not sure or they might be everywhere but people say that's a really good job board also usa jobs is the job board specific for federal government positions so definitely look on there i think that's how my friend got a job at fda i think he went on usa jobs and found it um could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's how And um, but if you do want to get into the federal government through a fellowship, make sure you know the name of some of those fellowships and then look on their job boards specifically. So for some of these, like you can find a lot of jobs like through job boards. That's how you get like a wide net or a wide array of jobs, places to work, ideas of like job names. But then you also need to know the names of some of these places so you can like look them up. Right. Right. Um, and that's where TikTok comes in handy because I made a post saying, where do you guys work? Let's make a job board. And I still need to make a job board. Um, but here are some of the places that people named up places to work in public health. These are not vetted through me. So if any of these places are not real or something, then that's not my fault. I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm just going to try to rapid fire, go through as many of these as I can. Somebody said, I work in pharma. We work with epidemiologists. Uh, I have friends who worked at MassGen, that's Massachusetts General Hospital, U Montana, RTI um, International, GSI, Kaiser Research, so Kaiser Permanente, IQVIA, that's a clinical research organization, Mathematica, and ABT Associates. Uh, somebody said Texas Department of State Health Services, RWJF, I have no idea what that is. Arnold Ventures, CHCF, PHI, CDC Foundation. I've definitely heard of CDC Foundation, which, by the way, is different from CDC. Uh, CDC Foundation is a nonprofit. CDC is federal government. Um, let's see. Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy, also called CIDRAP at the University of Minnesota. Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. There are tons of health-focused philanthropies that hire MPHs. Somebody said, I know NMDOH. I think that's New Mexico Department of uh, Health. Uh, Tires Epis. Somebody said Academia. They work at UCSF. ICF. RTI. Those are two separate acronyms, by the way. State and government health departments, university institutes. Uh, county jobs, Arizona, Pima County is looking for EPIs and remote positions. They work in Maricopa County. Somebody said they work in New York. New York, I know, has a lot of public health jobs and positions. I think they have pretty good funding there. And I think Massachusetts does as well, and they pay a bit better. But they might, they probably take preference for people who live there. However, if it's fully remote, you might still be able to apply. You might have a shot. Virginia Department of Health, any nursing home, uh, yeah, I don't know about a nursing home. I'll, I'll just, I used to work in nursing homes, I'll leave it there. But you know what, somebody's got to work there, so I can't recommend against it. Somebody said they started working at the National Academy of Science, they hire a lot of MPHs, research and federal government within health and human services the department of health and human services hhs has a lot of public health jobs you guys they had jobs in a bunch of different um, federal agencies because i think they oversee okay i could be wrong here i'm pretty sure they oversee cdc uh fda and like medicare and like a ton of agencies somebody said algo i have no idea what that is Oh, Deloitte. I know people that work at Deloitte. Oh, my God. I didn't even mention all these. Um, I forgot to mention earlier. I guess I'll, I'll insert it in so it doesn't, like, seem choppy. But um, what are these called? Consulting agencies or consulting firms. Um, that's a big employer as well, at least for a lot of my friends work at, in the consulting. Uh, Sineos Health, Booz Allen. That's another consulting. Uh, Latos IQVIA and icf somebody said look into biotech and pharma i didn't even mention pharma either oh my god i need to add that as well pharmaceutical companies hire and biotech which is its own thing um dlh i have a friend who works there cdc foundation lab drug development bristol Myers squib never heard of that also if you want these uh then go on my tech talk and i have um, a playlist. Oh, I need to add it to my playlist. Uh, but it's the How to Become an Epidemiologist, and it'll be on that playlist. Somebody said they work at a nonprofit doing HIV, AIDS treatment, and prevention. Mm-mm-mm. CDC's Emerging Infections Program, it's in 10 states. Uh, and USAID as well um also some others i think i mentioned earlier but doctors without borders okay this episode is getting really long but the last thing i wanted to talk about is salaries so a big i guess conception of public health is that we are all severely underpaid and like poor and there is some truth to that but that is not the whole truth so if i'm being completely honest all my friends and I are pretty standard middle class and are doing fine for ourselves. Some of us actually are like doing more than fine. They're thriving. I'm very transparent about my salary. I make sixty-two thousand dollars a year now. I started at fifty-five, it went up. Not anything that I did. My organization changed the way that they do salaries, and I got lucky. <laughs> but yeah, so I get paid sixty-two. I'm an Epi One and doing kind of like government health department type work but I'm technically paid through a nonprofit research organization which is how they're able to just change the way they do salaries willy-nilly and where I live $62,000 a year is decent but it's not like astronomical so where I live um, is just above the average like American um, standard of or cost of living cost of living not standard of living and so 62K is like fine. It's not like super high, but it's not low income either. Um, so I'm able to live okay off of that. However, everything has gotten so much more expenses, but wages, you know, barely go up. So I think we're all kind of struggling in that way, especially with our student loans about to go through and January potentially. So that's unfortunate. I'll be a little bit more tight then. But until then, we're having a little bit of fun. My friends that make more money than me work in contracting. They all work for like for profit organizations, and that's why they are able to make more money, and pretty much all of them. So, I have friends who work in consulting. They make a lot more money than me. Uh, We're talking like 80 to 120K. If I have any friends that make more than that, I'm unaware, but I know most of my, I know all my close friends' salaries for the most part. Um, but then there's people that I'm a little less close to who like, I'm not asking what their salary is. <laughs> so yeah. And they all work for for profit. So consulting agency or consulting firms. And then, um, also like, I don't know. They're like, it's like corporate, like, I don't know how to explain it without giving you the name of the organization, but there, there are companies that work with pharma and work with CROs and stuff like that to help them through their processes. So I don't know how else to explain it. And then the people I know who are making less money than me are people who work in health departments or are in fellowships. And I'm not sure. They might be making around the same. I'm pretty sure they're all making like a little bit less, but whatever. Honestly, y'all, it really depends on where you live and this just the specific situation um it it is very location dependent of course so in my state that's how the salaries tend to go like the lower ones are hall departments the middle ones are like uh, most of the things and then the higher ones are like like uh for-profit uh companies and and pharma which is a for which are for-profit companies so However, some states pay their health departments a lot more and they might be more in the middle range. Like I definitely know people or know of people who work in health departments in different states, such as Massachusetts, where they're getting paid $80,000 starting salary or more. So look out for that. However, if you live in that state, then the cost of living might be higher. One state I know that has a good... uh like it's it's a good bang for your buck is minnesota i'm pretty sure they pay their EPPs and their hall department workers pretty fairly um are i don't want to say they're starting sellers because i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure it's pretty good and then the cost of living in minnesota is not that bad of course depending on where you live if you live like in or outside of the twin cities fun fact yeah also some federal government jobs get paid really well and then some are like kind of eh it just depends on where you work. I would say in general, federal government pays pretty decently. I would say it tends to pay higher than a lot of state government jobs. But again, it, it all depends. However, some of these um, federal government jobs, they want more experience. So I'm, I'm more thinking like CDC, they want more experience um, if you want to become an FTE. But I do know people who are FTEs who are like a couple just a couple years older than me and have basically the same experience as me so it it just depends it depends on your connections and honestly I think the best way to make those connections that's not what this episode is about but I'll leave you here um is in person I think like just trying to cold call people or like connect with people on LinkedIn like it works for people in corporate and stuff, I guess, if you're like good at it. But for me, I think the best way is to pick a grad program in a place where you want to work. Like if you see yourself working in California, then maybe go to UCLA to get your MPH. I don't even know if they have an MPH program. I'm just making that up. But you know what I'm saying? Like if you want to stay in that area, because then most of your network, it will naturally already be in the place where you went to grad school. And if you go to, like, a top program, I feel like the network is going to be a lot tighter than a program where people might just be kind of going willy-nilly. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think all state programs are, like, not competitive. Like, public health programs are like that. Um, And there's definitely advantages to going to those, but that's not what this episode is about. Anyway, make a good network and it'll be easier to find a job let's be honest like and I feel like that too I feel like now that all my friends and I have had one or two jobs under our belt like I feel like I have this massive network now because like I have all these friends and then I have friends of friends and it's like they have like all the jobs in our area so and it's because we went to school in the area that we live in and so like you know what I'm saying like if I were to move to like Like, I had a friend who moved to Minnesota after we graduated with our MPH, and it's like, yeah, she had our college friends there and her family, then that's great. But, like, in terms of, like, a public health, like, professional career network, like, she didn't have any of that in Minnesota. She only had, like, her health department job that she worked in undergrad, and that was it. So, anyway, um, that was, like, nearly an hour of just talking straight. So I'm going to head out, maybe touch some grass or something. But good luck to everybody applying for jobs or who will be applying for jobs. It's October, so hopefully everybody in school has found a job. And hopefully everybody who graduated in May has found a job for sure. Um, But I know this episode will be helpful for the years beyond. So I wish all of you students the best of luck. Um, Honestly, finding a job. Last thing I'll say, okay, this is the actual last thing. When I went into public health, I was honestly really scared that there would be like literally no jobs and that I would be unemployed and like struggling and that the jobs that are available would be paying $30,000 a year. And that was the complete opposite. Like I felt like I went to a pretty good school in a really big public health city and I made a good network and all my friends and I got jobs within the months before graduating, or within like three months of graduating. And I feel like we're all really happy. Some of us landed jobs where they were like, kind of about it. And then they moved like pretty quickly. Um, and that's totally fine. But honestly, like there are jobs out there, if especially in cities that have like those big public health cities that I always talk about, I will name them again, I've talked about them so many times, but they are New York, Boston, DC, Baltimore, Atlanta, Houston, um, or any of the major cities in Texas, um, Chicago, LA, and I'm probably missing one or two, but those are all the main ones. It's pretty much the main cities in the United States, and yeah, if you're trying to find a job in like Kansas City, I always use that example because that's where I'm from. Then, uh, and you're not having luck, then it's probably because you're applying in Kansas City. Okay, like. You might want to move, sorry, or you might want to expand your job search outside of your area and look at remote jobs outside of your area um, because I know moving is a privilege that not everybody has access to. However, if you are planning in the years ahead of yourself, then I would definitely keep all that in mind into that planning. If you have a family, then think about like in the years to come, like are we able to move um, for, for my job, for my career? Anyway, I hope you guys have a really good week, and I'll talk to you later. Bye!